podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hear that? That's the sound of the 2023 Chevy Silverado's 2.7 liter high output turbo engine, delivering 430 pounds per foot of torque with no compromise durability. Impressive power. Whether you're helping friends move or just moving some friends. Thanks. This is the sound of a family with plenty of rear seat room to enjoy the ride. And most importantly, this is the sound of you heading to your local Chevy dealer today for a test drive. Find your Silverado and find new roads. Chevrolet. Hardy's signature Frisco burger and Frisco breakfast sandwich are the kind of goodness people drive across town for. Classic favorites on a toasted sourdough bun. Only at Hardy's. Goodness in the making. Participation may vary. Hello there guys, what is going on? Daniel Charles back here again for another show. We're going to be speaking today about the game yesterday at the Etihad Stadium, what that represents for Chelsea being so far off Manchester City. We're going to speak about the future of Mason Mount, a potential doomsday scenario for Chelsea fans this summer, which is of course lovely to think about. We'll speak about Dusan Vlajevic, another striker linked with a move to Stamford Bridge this summer. And also some pretty bad injury news for a defender for Maurizio Pochettino heading into the preseason. Before we get into any of that good stuff, if you're new around here, want to see the latest Chelsea news, keep up to date with everything, make sure you hit that subscribe button, turning those notifications on YouTube so you don't miss any of the uploads. Also hit that like button if you're enjoying the content and that helps out as well. If you're listening on the podcast feed, thank you so much for tuning in. Hope you're all having a good start to your week. We're going to just briefly reflect on that game yesterday. I did not let Chelsea ruin my weekend because I knew it was going to be probably a heavy defeat. I was actually quite stunned it was only 1-0. I think the more stark thing to to look at with that game, with the guard of honour, because obviously City had won the Premier League before the game kicked off because Nottingham Forest beat Arsenal on, on Saturday evening. And just how irrelevant the game was, how weird it felt, you know, other than, you know, the celebrations at the end for Man City when they lifted the Premier League trophy, it all felt so kind of bland and so kind of testimonial. And to think this is Chelsea, you know, and I hate to sound like Roy Keane, I hate to sound like Graham Souness, but just on kind of a competitive level, how certain we all are and have become this season of Chelsea not showing up, of Chelsea not showing much fight in these games again I, I try not to lean into that stuff too much but you know it's quite funny to me that the fastest I've seen some Chelsea players run was at full-time whistle when there was a pitch invasion that's the most motivated I've seen some of those Chelsea players look in many months this season because they've barely showed it on the pitch going through the motions and thank god we only have two games left that is the one saving grace of what has been the worst season supporting Chelsea in my lifetime like obviously I've been very blessed and I speak from a level of great privilege when I say that because obviously with my age I've been very very blessed to see the great years of Chelsea and seen us win many trophies but just the lack of competitiveness from this team was just very hard and has been hard to stomach for many weeks but it, it should reflect internally externally you know just looking at that that situation yesterday and seeing how far we are away from Man City, a club we could have been more seriously competing with in recent years if we had made smarter decisions in the transfer window, if we had made smarter decisions in recruitment. Because for whatever we talk about Man City, the the alleged breaches of the Premier League rules, which we will see how that goes in the coming years, 
they are very wealthy. They have a competitive advantage in that sense, but they have used that advantage to the best of their ability. And so much of that has to do with smart planning and getting the right people in key positions. Some of those are the best in class. You're probably not going to get a better coach than Pep Guardiola. You're probably not going to get a better midfielder than Kevin De Bruyne. You're probably not going to get a better striker currently than Erling Haaland. But it speaks to what Chelsea have, have got so wrong in terms of investment in recent years and how the new ownership has to fix it. It isn't going to be a short-term fix and that's part of the problem for Chelsea, trying to chase our tail for a number of years. But it should be a, a very... That, that image yesterday and that game yesterday it isn't the lowest moment of Chelsea's season, but it should reflect how far we are away from even competing with the best teams in this league and that is a, a sad state of play. One thing that could even be sadder this summer is the departure of Mason Mount. Uh, David Ornstein reporting today in The Athletic that apparently now Arsenal are in the mix for Mason Mount. Uh, they are in for Declan Rice 2 from West Ham. They also want to add creativity in a more advanced position and that has fueled the pursuit of Mount, although there is also strong competition, as we know, from Liverpool and Man United. Apparently Chelsea will make a final push to extend his terms, which are scheduled to expire in 2024. There's no messing around here. You know, Mason Mount, they have to keep Mason Mount and it just be dreadful PR and just the nightmare, like think about this, this nightmare scenario and I hate to sort of paint the picture of seeing both Declan Rice and Mason Mount in Arsenal's midfield next season. Two players who probably should have and could have been in Chelsea's midfield, the future of Chelsea's midfield along uh, alongside others would just be a nightmare. Of course, the Declan Rice one is not fully in Chelsea's control. I would like to think there is still some hope Chelsea could manufacture something then because if you're buying the best in class in central midfield, I think that is Declan Rice in the Premier League. I really do. And I think he'd be a transformative player. I've been saying that for a number of years. But in terms of Mason Mount, uh, you know, I really do hope Pochettino's arrival will make a, a key difference here in terms of giving Mason Mount belief that staying at Chelsea is the best move for his own personal development, uh, not just from a financial side of things. And and knowing how serious Liverpool are in this situation, knowing how much Man United would probably like a player like Mason Mount, that is the reality Chelsea fans have to face. Even those who may feel that you know Mason Mount's form hasn't been good this season and maybe are concerned about his development. You have to understand, if he moves away from Chelsea and he moves in England, if he stays in the Premier League, which is the most likely outcome here, and he doesn't go abroad to, say, Bayern Munich to re, you know, to reunite with Thomas Tuchel, he's going to one of our main rivals or supposed main rivals. You have to accept that. And that is a very painful thing because it's not like other situations. You know, Chelsea have been able to Arsenal, for instance... David Luiz, Petr Cech, Willian, this season Jorginho, players who had reached the end of their cycles at Chelsea, who I think we were quite happy to let go and have probably got the best out of. This is not that situation. You are potentially letting a player, and it's not letting, I mean, obviously 12 months to go, but you, you put yourself in not the greatest negotiating position and you don't really want to lose Mason Mount for free, which is why they have to sort this out because I think Mason Mount under Maurizio Pochettino could do wonderful things. I think he... With the right mindset, with a restart this summer and the right position, could once again find his best form. And I really do hope that's in a Chelsea shirt. Let me know your opinions on this potential nightmare in the comments below. Hardy's two for five dollar breakfast baked goodness into your morning. Choose a biscuit with sausage and egg, biscuit and gravy, or French toast dips. Any two, just five dollars. Hardy's goodness in the making. These items only. Price and participation may vary. Tax not included. Hear that? 
That's the sound of the 2023 Chevy Silverado's 2.7-liter high-output turbo engine, delivering 430 pounds per foot of torque with no compromised durability. Impressive power, whether you're helping friends move or just moving some friends. Thanks! This is the sound of a family with plenty of rear seat room to enjoy the ride. And most importantly, this is the sound of you heading to your local Chevy dealer today for a test drive. Find your Silverado and find new roads. Chevrolet. We're going to speak about Dusan Vlajevic. Uh, there were some reports yesterday, uh, mainly from Julian Arons, the, the French journalist uh, who works for ESPN, claiming that Chelsea have made Vlajevic the Juventus striker, their number one target for the summer, and apparently have already made an 80 million euro offer for him, uh, sources have told, apparently, the journalist. There have been some, some pushback on this, kind of saying that Vlajevic is one of a number of options. This has kind of been reported by Ben Jacobs, who did talk about Vlajevic to Chelsea back in December of 2022. And said as well, uh, yesterday tweeted, uh, Vlajevic is a viable option for Chelsea and potentially Manchester United, who have a long list of targets. Several top European clubs now looking with a sense there is a deal at real value to be had. Vlajevic is open to leaving Juventus after two seasons. So it has kind of been pushed back that maybe it isn't as serious as a bid, but you know, Vlajevic, as you'd probably expect, would be on the list probably for Chelsea. There's a lot of variables here that... A lot of moving parts. One of those, Romelu Lukaku, and I know that some people don't want to kind of face that situation, but it's a reality. Inter, once again, coming up publicly today, or I've seen reports recently saying, once again, Lukaku very, very likely to return to Chelsea. What do we do with him before June the 30th when we know Chelsea are going to have to sell a lot of players for um, the financial accounts, basically, to, to stay in line with FFP? Can you make a move before then? Or will Lukaku be reintegrated into pre-season plans with Maurizio Pochettino? Does Pochettino see a player like Lukaku as someone who can fit into his kind of profile of a striker more so than, say, under Thomas Tuchel? That's a massive question. And if that's the case, are you still going out and signing another striker on top of that? What are the alternative targets out there? We've heard about young players. You know, could you promote more David Datrofafana? I'd be excited to see that. Armando Breuer returning from injury. But then you've got players who we have buybacks on, like Tammy Abraham, who um, I still think should be a very serious consideration for Chelsea. And I think would be, I personally, I think that'd be very exciting to see Pochettino work with Abraham, um, given what he has done in the past with, with other young strikers and just young players, but particularly Abraham. But I guess Abraham, I could completely understand why him personally may not be as open to returning to Chelsea, uh, given what happened, given the way it ended, and given how well things are going at Roma. I mean, they're in the Europa League final, and he could be a star, a hero in that final for Jose Mourinho, which would mean if, if Roma win the Europa League, they'll be in the Champions League next season, guaranteed. So, all round, you know, that is an uncertainty, but Chelsea do have a buyback clause for Tammy Abraham, who I'm a, personally a big fan of big fan of and would love to see I think that's been one of Chelsea's biggest mistakes in recent years was letting Tammy Abraham go but he isn't he isn't the only option out there um but I just I'm not convinced on Vlajevic uh, because it it has gone quite wrong since he's moved from Juve circumstances and, and moving you know to a different club even though it's in the same league of course he's got a lot of goals for Florentina made him look like a, a brilliant striker as some people did, I mean, Chicago, Dimitri, uh, maybe some of you guys follow him on Twitter, does a lot of um, data and kind of looking at the underlying numbers. I remember before he even made the, the move to Juve, was kind of doing deep dives, and I'll probably link this in the description box below, about Vlajevic. And actually, his underlying numbers aren't that great. And it was kind of saying that and suggesting that his kind of goal-scoring record was going to be hard to maintain. And if you look at what's happened since he's made the move to Juve, all those variables considered of, of a change in location, a change in um, squad around him and, and system. 
it hasn't worked out. You know, he hasn't been able to maintain that. As I say, Juve have had a very difficult season. It hasn't been a good time at Juventus and um, you can understand why some players would want a fresh start. But things to consider when we're talking about Vlajevic in, in the context of other players that Chelsea could be going for this summer and potential options there. Let me know your opinions. Are, am I being a little bit too harsh on Vlajevic who, I've got to be honest, don't watch every week, but you know, given some of the data I've looked at before uh, and just thinking about potential other options, isn't the first one that kind of jumps out to me and says, yeah, this is the perfect option. But we'll see if he becomes that in the coming weeks and months. The final thing to speak about is is a sad bit of news regarding injuries. And this is uh, Benoit Badiashil. Apparently, he's going to miss the start of next season in a blow to Mauricio Pochettino plans. This is from Nazar Kinsella of the Evening Standard. Badiashil, it's really, really frustrating given that, you know, this grin injury has come at a time when we expect there to be quite a few players leaving and that opens the door and, and we're thinking about next season and, and trying to be positive and, and rebuild or kind of looking at this young core that Pochettino can now start to build around. And I really do kind of factor, obviously, Badiashil in that. He has been one of the rare bright spots of this season. He really has. I think he's been a really shrewd piece of business um, that's come in for a good fee and has proven to be very quickly, I, I think, a good addition to the squad. I think probably should have played more. In retrospect, maybe a mistake he wasn't placed in that Champions League squad. It's it's a shame it really is, particularly for a player who who is young, who probably was looking at the situation and going with a new coach with fresh ideas, maybe with less kind of competition in and around me, a less bloated squad. I can come in and really make uh, make myself a, a regular under Mauricio Pochettino. Obviously, that's now going to be halted. Hopefully, he can recover quicker than expected. And when you have the competition of Levi Colwell returning, who would love to take that spot too, we don't know what the, the formation is going to look like. You know, it is Mauricio Pochettino, who in his career has kind of favoured more a four-man defence. He has been flexible to move to a three-man defence. In the past, he has kind of done the thing where he goes to a three-man defence sometimes and, and moves a central midfielder into defence. Obviously, you need a player who can do that. Um, but that obviously lessens, you know, the opportunities compared to a back three. And Colwell, obviously, if he's fit and raring to go, will be, you know, so hungry to take that opportunity and get into the Chelsea first team. So it's a shame because I, I think he's he's proven to be a good signing. So hopefully he can recover quickly and get back into the team next season because I, I do think in the long term he can prove to be a really, really good piece of business for Chelsea. So all the best, uh, Benoit, on your recovery uh, over the summer. But that is it for today's show. Uh, we await once again the announcement of Maurizio Pochettino as Chelsea's new head coach. Maybe some other announcements this week. We will see. Uh, please do give this video a like. Share it around with your friends. Uh, make sure to give us a positive rate and review on the podcast uh, feed wherever you're listening to it. It really does help out. And I will see you again very soon. All the best. Podcast Network.